Ephesians 4, verses 22 to 24 read, To put off your old self, which belongs to your former manner of life, and is corrupt through deceitful desires, and to be renewed in the spirit of your minds, and to put on the new self, created after the likeness of God, in true righteousness and holiness. Hello, and welcome back to Think This Way. This is the podcast of Faith Bible Church. I am Pastor Bryce, one of the hosts. The other host I have with me is the man you do not want to compete against in a bicycle race. It is Justin Geyer. Justin, thanks for being here. Well, glad to be here. I drove this time, though. So. But that's rare. You don't... Justin is fast on a bike. Well, we are talking about marriage this quarter. Actually, we've been talking about family this quarter. And right now, specifically, we've been talking about marriage. We're continuing to do so right now. We'll talk about parenting a little bit later. Today, we're talking about uh, principles from Ephesians chapter 4 that I don't know how this works with you and your counseling, Justin, but I know for me, I use these in almost all marriage counseling at some point, maybe. They're just yeah. such helpful principles. Oh, for sure. I I look at James 4, Ephesians 4, and I, it's almost like foundational for all of sanctification. It's It's hard not to talk about how we are to live and please God without Ephesians 4 and James 4. Yeah. It's just it's just in everything. I mean, truly, because Ephesians 4, that verse I started with, 22 to 24, right? that's like foundational. You So how do we grow? You put off, renew your mind, put on. Right. So that's all growth. Yep. What I really appreciate is, I don't know who did this for the first time, maybe Jay Adams or somebody, but within biblical counseling especially, it's very common to find these four rules of communication that are built on that foundation. So there's a way to communicate you shouldn't do. Put that off. Change your thinking about it. Now, communicate like this. And so if you're listening to this and you've been having some difficulty in marriage, communicating as spouses, that's what this is all about. And if you're not married and you're listening to this, these rules apply to all communication. Right. Still very helpful. So to that end, what we're going to do is I'm just going to walk us through these rules there in Ephesians 4. I read 22 to 24, which is the foundation, but 25 to 32, the four rules come from there. So I'm just going to read that passage part at a time, give the rule, and then Justin, as our resident expert on communication, biblical counseling, and marriage, is going to help us. Ooh. That's your lofty title, the most honorable (laughs) champion of marriage. Uh, It's going to help us, at least more champion than we are, Justin. I'll try. It's going to help us to understand them. So let me start with the first one. So we did 22 to 24. Here's verse 25. Therefore, having put away falsehood, so there's put off, let each one of you speak the truth with his neighbor... That's put on, and then here's renewing the mind, for we are members one of another. So I'm just going to turn that over to you. The rule that we derive from that, we usually present it as be honest. Justin, can you maybe help us understand what be honest means, and especially in a marriage between spouses? Right. When we read through that, one of the first things people would say is like, well, of course, as a believer, I shouldn't lie, so I need to tell the truth. And that's that's accurate. Of course, that's the, that's the number one thing you should be thinking about there. But I think the thing that gets missed often with that is that, um, there are ways that we lie 
or we're not honest, or we twist the truth, or we don't give the full truth, that we may not realize that's what we're doing in the moment, um, or we would tell ourselves or lie even to ourselves that we're not lying. And a few, there's a few ways that I see us doing this. I see, and I say us, because I see people do this all the time. I see it in myself. If I am in a conflict with someone and I am, uh, they, they have misspoken, they have, they've mistreated me, or I think they've mistreated me. I will say something like, or I hear people say something like you've say that a thousand times. Like, is it, truly a thousand times? Is that, is that accurate? No, well, it's an, it's an exaggeration, but the exaggeration is to make my point stronger than your point. And that's not honest. Um, or to tell somebody you do that all the time. And I think anytime I say that now I've trained myself that when I say all the time or always, always never, you never do that. Any of those types of words, I then ask my question, is that true? that it is always never, you've never done that. You've always done that. And it's, it's pretty rare that that is true. There are times that is true for sure it is, but I think we've got to be very careful in our communication that we are being honest in what exactly has happened, is happening, what we believe will happen in that communication, and then outright lies. You know, we, we don't lie. We shouldn't lie. But when we look at this, the put off, put on, renewing the mind, that the renewing of the mind of that is that we are members one of another. So this is not speaking specifically to a married couple. Uh, you know, this is talking to the church, but we can also use that. We're one flesh in a marriage. We are one flesh. And so if we are members, one of another, if we are part of the same body in that, um, if we look at that imagery there, if I'm lying, then I part of the body is not operating the way it should. And then that also does damage to the rest of the body. It's the same way as if my foot um, is not telling the truth. It's not acting the way it should. And so now I can't walk correctly. You know, it's lying to the, it's lying to the leg. And so it says it's going one way. The legs trying to go the other. They lie. It doesn't work. It, it does damage to the body. In the marriage, that's the same thing. If I lie to my wife, I tell her I was somewhere when I was somewhere else. She believes that to be true. Come to find out that wasn't true. Well, now there's, there's a, she doesn't trust me. Um, later on, when I do say this, I was somewhere, she's going to have a hard time believing that's where actually where I was. And it, it does damage to our relationship. Mm-hmm. So. That's well said. Yeah, sometimes I've thought of, I don't know if this is the best metaphor for it, but in marriage, a buried bone, meaning you're having an argument with your spouse and you always try to present your motivations as so good. They're so good. But if you're honest with yourself, sometimes they're just not, you know, sometimes they're just not. That's one of those things you don't, you don't want to share your cards, you know, you don't want to give the other person because at that point you're not thinking you're one flesh. So you're like, I got to win this one, you know? So, I mean... I can think of, uh, I mean, what would be a silly example? So me as a pastor, let's say, you know, I want to be to church on time. And let's say Michaela's taking a while to get ready because it doesn't take her 10 minutes like it takes me as a guy. And so I'm worried like, oh, we're not getting to church. So then we have an argument. This is theoretical because I don't think we've actually had this argument. But <laughs> And I say, I just want to be to church on time to honor the Lord. 
no, no, that's what I should. That's what I should want. That's right. No, I want to be to church on time because people will think I'm a bad pastor. <laughs> but I know that and I won't tell you. It's those subtle ways of not being honest. Right. Yeah, right. That's really good. That's true. Well, so that's the first rule, be honest. That leads us into the next one, starting in verse 26. Be angry and do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your anger and give no opportunity to the devil. So we call this rule of communication, keep current. So be honest now, keep current. Uh, what does this idea of keep current look like in a marriage? So I don't know where I've heard this. Um, and if somebody hears this and says, I know who said that, that's who said it because I can't remember. But uh, my wife uses it quite regularly. We used it a lot with our children growing up. Um, and we still use it in our marriage talking to each other. Um, and we talk about keeping our plate clean. And so the idea is that when there is a problem, so you've got something on the plate, we got to clean this plate. We got to clean that up. We got to deal with that. And so we need to keep current. So one of the, it's kind of a two-part thing that I see in this. So one of them is we've got to deal with the problem as it comes along. And so this is where he says, be angry and do not sin. Don't let the sun go down on your anger. So it's, we need to handle the problems quickly, soon. Now, I don't believe that he means here that it, we have to solve all problems before the sun rises the next day. Um, I, I think I've, I've talked to people that believe that literally that's what that means. And I said, well, the problem then is if I have a problem at night when the sun's already yeah. down, what do we do? And so the, the principle here is that we don't, we don't let things go on and on and on. And, and the reason is because it gives an opportunity for the devil. We've all been in a situation. Uh, I think most of us have, I'm sure where we have are in a conflict with somebody where the other person's not looking to resolve it. They're not trying or whatever the reason may be. It's unresolved. And your mind goes to a place where you start to judge motives or you start to think the worst about this person, or you ha are tempted to do that, right? Well, that is, we're not keeping current. And that's where that there is that temptation for that to happen. And so we need to, we want to be resolving things quickly so that we, uh, so we don't give an opportunity for that temptation to happen. I think the other thing that, uh, the other part of that on keeping current is there's also a temptation that if we're having an argument, having conflict, having a problem with somebody that is a problem that we've had in the past time and time again, that we, what I, we don't start talking about the problem at hand. I'm talking about all the problems that we've had in the past. Now, here you are again, doing the exact same thing. You, you always did. do you that. Always <laughs> do it, right? Right. And we, this may be a situation where the person has asked for forgiveness. They've repented. We've worked through that, but they've sinned in the same way again. So I, I need to not bring up all these other things. There's that old joke, right? Every time I get in a, uh, an argument with my wife, she gets historical and you say, don't you mean hysterical? And they say, no, historical. She brings up the past yeah, yeah. and that's not just about wives. So don't, don't send an angry letter at me. It's, it's, <laughs> husbands, it's do. <laughs> husbands do this too. Everyone does this. Uh, and at some time or another where we bring things up 
and and we don't deal with what is at hand here. And so, uh, so I see that in uh, keeping current two things here. We want to resolve the issue at hand, and we want to resolve it as quickly as we can, keeping our plate clean. Mm-hmm. We don't want to add any more to it. We don't want to try and bring in the suitcases of all the problems that just adds problems to problems. Well said. Can I ask a follow-up question sure, on that? Of course. What if you have a couple and they say, okay, we want to keep current and we've got maybe one of these things that's piled up. It's a big issue. But every time we bring it up to deal with it, we just fight and we don't resolve it. How do we move forward? Yeah. And that can be really difficult. I think the thing that I will work through with people is that um, we, we want to talk about usually this is where having a counselor is helpful. You know, somebody outside of the problem. It doesn't necessarily have to be a counselor. It could be another couple that can help you with this. Um, And so what we do is, okay, let's sit down and let's talk about what is the issue that is causing all of these problems? What is it that just is adding fuel to the fire? There's an issue in there. And then there's fuel that's being added to that. And so then if you have somebody that's outside of it, that can look at it objectively and can help work through that, um, that is helpful. I think the other thing too, then is also what are these, this husband and wife, what are they telling themselves? How are they thinking about this when they're not in the moment? I think the, the thing that I uh, talk with people a lot about is um, they, they tell me that they want conflict to be resolved. They want to resolve it. We all do. Most people don't like to be in conflict. There's a few rare people and that's a problem, but we shouldn't like to be in conflict. And so, um, we don't want to be in conflict, but then when we're not in conflict, what are we doing thinking about that conflict? And I think that it's having a game plan. So thinking about praying about it, what are we, what scriptures are we reading? What am I meditating on? What were, what, um, of God's word am I memorizing and thinking through so that when that moment comes up, um, how am I going to react and respond? I can guarantee you, you're probably not going to respond the way you want to, but you can have a game plan where you don't go the far one side or the other. You can, you know, we can, we can have some self-control there and deal with that the way we want to. So oh, Very well said. Agreed. This moves then into our third rule. We skip verse 28. It's a good verse, but we're skipping it to go to verse 29 and 30. Let no corrupting talk come out of your mouths, but only such as is good for building up, as fits the occasion that it may give grace to those who hear. And I'll put 30 in there because I think he's... Uh, reflecting on 29, and do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. So if you don't do this rule of communication, you grieve the Holy Spirit. We call this one attack problems, not people. Uh, and you do see that in there. The Your talk is not supposed to be corrupting, which attacks people, hurts people. But on the other hand, you can attack, attack problems in a way that builds up. Could you maybe explain to us what that would look like between a husband and a wife in a marriage? Ephesians 4.29 specifically is one of those things that's come up, I think, probably since high school in the way um, I can remember friends. I would talk with somebody or other friends would say something, whatever it may be. I'd say, is that Ephesians 4.29? Is that that honoring? (laughs) It's like, oh, corrupting talk. Okay. I think the the thing here, when we say attack problems, not people, 
Um, when, when there is an issue that we are trying to resolve, um, whatever it, whether it's conflict or whether it is just a, we are trying to get to an answer of a, whatever the problem may be. When I start to, or the person starts to name call or put down or to accuse, um, that is attacking the person. And when you're attacking the person, we're not solving problems there. We're just adding problems to problems. Um, and it makes it harder. What are the, what this will do is the, when I attack, if you and I are in conflict, Bryce, and I'm, we're trying to, I'm trying to resolve this and I'm putting you down or I'm whatever I'm doing, I'm accusing you. I'm saying something like that. You are less likely to want to help resolve this because you're attacked. When I'm attacked, I want to protect I want to defend. I, I, I don't feel um, um, connected to you. I feel disconnected. I feel like this is a broken relationship. And so what we need to do is say, okay, you see something your way. I see something my way. There's emotions involved and we may be angry. We, we're upset. We, we want this resolved. But if we look at what's between us is this problem and we have to solve that problem rather than you are against me, um, then we can resolve that and we can say, okay, this is the problem. Let's look at this and I see it differently than you. And I'm upset, but I don't want to be upset at you. I want to be upset at why we can't solve this problem. So, and that, I think this is one of those more difficult ones because emotion is so involved in this and we have a hard time pulling emotions. Uh, you know, God gave us emotions. We should live with our emotions, but we need to know how to handle and manage those emotions in the right and God honoring way. And that's one of those things here. If we're attacking the problem and not the person, then we're, we are managing our emotions in the right, the right way and putting them in the right place. Yeah. I mean, the way you present that shows some of the irony of what, if a husband is attacking his wife verbally. It's ironic because there's nobody closer in his right. life than she is. Yep. She's the closest one. Why are you destroying her? What's wrong? And it does seem like it goes back to some of the motives. I mean, why would you ever attack people, especially those closest to you? Number one, there can be this vindictiveness. You've hurt me. I shall now hurt you. Right. It's so counterproductive. It's mm -hmm. not going to help anything. It's going to make things so much worse. But there's like this sinful, perverted pleasure in getting back at somebody right. so destructively. And then number two, sometimes it is just, I want to get my way. So I'm going to destroy you because you're in my way to get my way. Right. And that's so counterproductive too because um, she is the way. I right. mean, she's what God's called you to. So it is hard dealing with some of those heart motives. And that does lead, I mean, you talk about emotions. That leads also into this last one in verses 31 and 32. You start with the put off, let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor, it's yelling and stuff, slander be put away from you along with all malice. And then the put on is be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another. And the renewing of your mind is as God in Christ forgave you, so we call this one act, don't react. I don't know if we can say one of these is harder than the other in right. the rules, but that's a hard one. It is. So maybe walk us through that last one. How do we do that in marriage? One of the ways, sometimes I talk about these in the ways that I see these play out. And I think one of the ways that I see people um, reacting rather than acting in conflict and, and in their communication is the 
time that I, we are in a, in a conversation with somebody, maybe it's an argument and the person is, hasn't even finished their sentence and you already have the response. And the, what is happening there is I have stopped listening to you. And all I want is my response out there because I, oh, you started talking. I already know what you're going to say. And I've got a response to that. And I'm reacting to that. And you, we've, I think most people have been in conversations like that before. And you, you realize like sometimes that then uh, encourages you or, or you start to, you're tempted to do the same thing. And so then both of you are just talking at each other and no one's listening to one another. And so nothing's going to get resolved. We're just getting angrier and angrier. And so the, um, the problem is that I, I, it is a lack of care and concern for what you're saying. I'm not listening. I'm not um, processing through that. I'm just reacting, just reacting, just reacting. And I think one of the ways that this is kind of a, a, a tool I use with people. I've, I learned this at the biblical counseling uh, conference um, where this was a tool that I use to help me to stop reacting and to act. And it's so that it slows me down. Number one, because I think I have a, we can have a tendency to speed up and that's if I just get it out quickly enough, then I, I get my point across so I can slow down. And then it also helps me to listen and understand. So I'm in a conversation with you, Bryce, you say something to me. I reply back with, I'm hearing you say, and I may repeat it back to you word for word. I may summarize it. I may say whatever it is, but I say it back. This is what I'm hearing. Am I hearing you correctly? Mm -hmm. And I remember the very first time I tried that with my wife. And I remember this was, this was like so eye-opening for me because I repeated back word for word. I remember this word for word, what she said to me. I said, and is that what you're saying? And she says, no. And I was like, about fell out of my chair. What do you mean? No, that is exactly what you said. But what it, what it showed me was she wasn't lying. She did say that. But when she heard it back, what she was saying is like, well, that's not exactly what I meant to say. That's not how I wanted it to sound. The, the point was the same. She was trying to make a point, but it wasn't getting across that way. And so that was so eye-opening for me to recognize that sometimes the words I use that I have a meaning to them. And when you hear them, you, it has, it sounds different. It's a different meaning or it doesn't, it is the point I'm trying to get across is not what is getting across. So if I can slow down and repeat that back and not, of course, you've got to do this in a, in a, in a genuine way where I am really concerned and care for what is it that you're saying? No, not snarky. That's, you know, that's Ephesians four twenty nine. We don't want to be snarky, but I want to say like, this is what I'm hearing. And help me understand this because I found too, where I've said that it's a person that said, okay, yeah, that's what I mean. And I said, well, then that means this to me. And then they said, no, no, no. And we kind of go back and forth, not in an angry way, but it's like, okay, I'm not understanding, but that helps me to slow down and to try and understand. Maybe I need to use different wording. Maybe I need to rephrase it. Maybe I need to stop and pray, you know, the let's stop and pray and help us to God help us to understand each other so that we're not reacting, but we're just acting out and, and working towards resolution and resolving this caring and concern for one another. That's well said. I, I mean, I can, <laughs> I distinctly do remember, I won't say any names, but I do remember someone who's not here locally. So you don't, you don't know who this <laughs> is. I do remember one time having this conversation with someone who I'd so deeply respect, you know, 
but I don't know if it was my youth or what it was. But you're like, is this person hearing anything that I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we're communicating, but I don't think we, I think it's, I think this person just sharing what they're thinking, it doesn't feel very good, yeah. you know? It's almost an extension of the golden rule. We all expect the other person to listen closely and carefully and understand us, but it does trip us up when you're, especially in the middle of debate where you have emotion and you're right. like, I got to checkmate this person. So you got to be thinking all these steps and all this so that you can get them and you just miss like everything that they've said. Right. Maybe as a final question, if you don't mind me throwing it in there, if someone's listening to this and this act don't react gets them because let's just say there's a proneness to maybe even angry outbursts. I mean, you see that uh, anger, clamor, let that all be put away. So maybe someone saw it in their parents or they just picked it up somewhere and they just feel like maybe with their spouse, maybe with their children, they have the best of intentions. I'm going to be calm. I'm going to do a good job. But in the heat of the moment, they just lose it. And they don't want to do that, but it just seems to happen every time. I know ideally there would be a counselor alongside them and you'd have long conversations, but maybe in this short podcast, do you have any upfront counsel for someone who just feels controlled by this anger and not sure what to do with it? Yeah. And I have, uh, I've seen this, I've actually experienced this uh, in myself where it is, you feel that anger bubbling up and it's like, I've got no control right now. It's, it's taken over me. And, uh, so I've, I've experienced that. So personally, I know what that's like. And I think having a conversation, this is one of the things that I, 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 this was so helpful for me and I try and help other people in the same way is having these conversations about these things when you are not in the moment, uh, stressing over them when it's not a struggle. So going to your spouse saying, listen, you know how I respond. I'm really, I don't want to respond that way. Would you, when I start, when you start to see that bubbling up in me, when I start to have that anger, it seems like I'm losing control. If there is a way that they can communicate, Hey, maybe let's stop right now. Let's pray. I think the time is just pausing. Let's praying. It doesn't always work, right? When anger, this is why God talks about anger a lot, that uh, be angry and do not sin. Uh, the anger of man does not produce the righteousness of God, right? The, there is anger that uh, can take over and sin just flows out. That's the problem with anger sometimes. But uh, I think if we can uh, have the have your spouse, hey, I notice this seems to be, really bothersome, right? Let's take some time and pray. So that would be number one. I think, or actually, I think that would call that number two. I think the first one is when you are not angry, that you are praying about this, Lord, help me. I need help. Uh, where, it, where is it? I think there's things like there are certain things that tend to trigger our anger, whether it be uh, a person's response, it's um, I'm not getting what I want. But, and so it's like at this time, that's what I want it. And I'm not getting it, whatever those may be. Um, and when you make yourself aware of those things, so taking some time and going, okay, I tend to get angry because of this or this writing that down when I'm not angry and then having that piece of paper and going, okay, we're going to have this conversation or the conversation comes up, just having that in your mind, knowing when that's going to be and being prepared with a, a game plan. I keep, I do say that a lot, but I think it's true that if we could have some kind of a plan in place, game plans don't always work out. Uh, that's 
part of a game plans. But, but if you don't have a plan, I can tell you it's not going to work out so well, but having a plan in place, um, can help for sure. Mm-hmm. I think those would be the two things I would say. Yeah, that's fantastic. Justin, thank you very much for, um, helping us understand these four rules. I appreciate I'm- that. Thank you. I, I really appreciate it. You know, when I learned these, uh, they were called the four rules of communication. <laughs> yeah. And uh, then I was like, I they took out humility. the, 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 the uh, because four there are rules. other rules of yeah, communication. Yeah. And there's a lot of things. I think p- people th- recognize that. Um, and, and it's true. But these are really important rules. And I think if we could operate in our communication with these four rules mm-hmm. well, mm-hmm. then communication, conflict, problems, uh, are not as big of issues as they could be when yeah. we don't operate that way. Absolutely true. Be yeah. honest, keep current, attack problems, not people, act, don't react. You may be listening to this, maybe in your marriage, you've reached an impasse in communication with your spouse, which happens, and you don't know how to move forward because when you try to talk about things, it does not go well. So that might be where you are, or maybe just communication has gone so poorly, you've just stopped communicating. That also happens. So that may be how you thought about this in the past. But may God help us all now by his grace to think this way. Mm-hmm.